but I'm still standing. And you know what? We go through a lot of stuff. How many, how many of us are here today and we can say, I'm still standing? You don't know what I've been through, but I'm still standing. Been through a lot, but I'm still standing. I've been knocked down a few times, but I'm still standing. Amen. Lost a few battles, but I'm still standing. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all don't know what I've been through, but look at me. I'm still standing. Hallelujah. Nobody can take me down. If I trip, I get up. If I fall, I stand. No matter what happens in my life, I'm still standing. Standing, hallelujah. It's not about how many times you fall. It's about how many times you get up. If you'll just get up one more time than you fall, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. Whew. Let's go home. I don't know where that's not even in the notes. Where did that come from? Well, we know where that came from. Hallelujah to the Lord. Whew. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. What what Paul is really saying here, it's kind of like you were drowning, drowning, not drowning, (laughs) that's not even a word. You you were drowning, you were going under, and suddenly, you probably saw this in the movies, somebody reached into the lake, reached into the river, and pulled you out and set you on the bank. Amen. And now you're like Psalms chapter 1. I'm like a tree planted by the river. Instead of drowning in the river, I'm planted by the river. I'm still standing. Amen. All you need to do once you come out of the river is just start breathing again talking about worship. I'm talking about prayer. Amen. That's really all you need to do is to stand. Having done all to stand, I'm standing. I'm still standing. But I guess one of my points today is that it's not about your efforts to stand. He stood you up. He lives in you. If you're standing, it's because he's standing up in you. Come on now. We're not standing in our strength. We're not standing in our abilities. We're standing in Him. Wow. Being able to stand is a gift from God. And all you got to do is take the gift. (laughs) Quit trying to work up strength and realize the strength is already in you. Sometimes we just need to prophesy over people when they're going through something. Be strong. And it's not addressed to them. It's addressed to the God in them. To stand up in you. Amen. If you'll just let God stand up, you'll have no choice but to stand up. So let's look at at our text in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, after 10 sermons, finally, my brethren. And, And he says be strong like four times in this book. Be strong in the Lord. Not be strong in yourself. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Then God says, put on something. In another place, He says, put on the Lord Jesus. So I I want you to get out of your mind. I I mean, I know, you know, he's in prison at this time. He probably sees a Roman soldier guarding him there, and he got to thinking about the armor, so he put that in the letter. But listen, this, this isn't about putting Roman armor on. 
This is a deep spiritual thing that goes beyond what the armor looks like. It's not going to help you to go buy a suit of armor tomorrow and put it on. (laughs) Watch this. Put on the whole armor of God. It's His armor. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to find it. You don't have to work it up. He already, it's a gift from God. That, why, why, why would you do that? That you may be able to stand against the wiles. How many know he's a wily devil? Oh, wily coyote is still trying to trap you, you know? <laughs> but he always loses. That big old safe always drops on his head. I don't know where those safes come from. Oh, the road runner. Beep, beep. <laughs> Can you all see I'm having a difficult morning here? I'm, <sighs> Jesus. For we do not, mm -hmm, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I know you think your enemy, your your neighbor is your enemy. I know you think that other church member is holding you down. I know, I know, I know. It's keeping you back as you got your feelings hurt. Bless your pee-picking heart. That's not your enemy. I learned that early in my walk with God. Those people are not your enemies. They may have done something stupid. They may have allowed the enemy to work through them, but they are not your enemy. As long as you keep fighting them, you'll never win the real battle. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Oh, yeah, they're out there. They're out there. They're out there. Sometimes some of you get surprised when you sense a certain spirit or a certain demon in here or somewhere, and it's like you get shocked by it. No, they're everywhere. (laughs) They're here all the time. Believe me. Some of you brought a few in with you. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about that person next to you. Okay, let's go. (sighs) Careful who you sit by. Okay. (laughs) Lord, I'm being bad. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand withstand. There it is again. In the evil day, how many of you had a few evil days, mm, a few bad days? Uh-huh. I'm not talking about your bad hair day. No, I'm talking about a bad day. And having done all, just do whatever you can do. Just stand. Having done all to stand, stand. Just stand. It's in you. He's in you. Stand therefore, having your, huh? Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of. I thought we were going to war. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Uh-huh. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. Praying always with all prayers and supplications in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's always better to pray in the Spirit. Sometimes we pray amiss, right? Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Oh, we ought to pray for each other. And for me, Paul says, 
that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, amen, for which I am an ambassador in chains, in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Uh-huh. Anybody got me? Anybody got me? So he says, put on the armor of God. Now, let's just not think in terms of armor. And, and really, all of these pieces of the armor, I'm tempted to, you know, we're, we're going to mention each one briefly. I could probably preach a sermon on each one of them. But you, you've heard me preach or other people have preached so much on this. I don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But here, here's what I want you to get. S- stop thinking about clinging armor and, and just, just think that you are covered. You are covered, except when you get all rebellious. So if you're submitted to him, then, then, then you are covered. And you remember the parable of the, of the wedding feast, and the guy came into the wedding party and didn't have a garment on? And I used to wonder. I said, well, the poor guy probably couldn't afford one. But we found out that the, that the, that, that the, um, the, the father of the groom provided wedding garments. So he just chose not to wear one. But this armor is a choice you make. You either are covered in it or you are not. And we really are in a battle, so we need to make sure we are covered. So let's look at these quickly. The breastplate of righteousness, this is really a a robe of identity, a robe of of covering. Remember the prodigal son when he came out of the pig pen and his father took him back, he gave him a new robe. He didn't wear the pig robe. If, if you worked in a pig pen, you wore a certain robe, and it didn't smell right. But now he wore clothing that identified him with that family. The breastplate of righteousness is really like a robe that we wear that, that, that covers us, and we need to wear his covering, not scratchy leaves. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? Remember when David, David faced Goliath? And, and Saul wanted to put his armor on him. And he said, no, no, I, I, I'm not comfortable in your armor. I've often wondered why Saul wanted him to wear his armor. And then it kind of came to me. I think, the, I, think the, I think, listen, I think David could have defeated Goliath no matter what he wore. If God wanted Goliath to go down, he's going down, honey. But the reason why Saul wanted David to wear his armor is so that Saul could take some credit for it. Yeah, it was my armor. <clears throat> oh, yeah, he's too cowardly to go face Goliath himself, but he'll throw David out there, and if he wins, he gets the credit. And if he loses, well, he didn't know how to use my armor. Some people are just like that. They just want to inject themselves into it no matter what it is. But David just said, no, I'm not comfortable in your armor. I just need to fight in what I know to fight in. Amen. It's not about you going doing some weird thing in your life. Just be who you are in the Lord, and you're covered, honey, and you can go to war with a slingshot, and you're going to be all right. The breastplate covered the vital areas, amen, the vital organs of the soldier. Uh Uh, Listen, when 
when we walk in His righteousness and understand what righteousness is, understand what holiness is. You're not holy because you don't do this, that, or the other. You're not holy because of your actions. You're holy because He said you were. You're holy because He lives in you. That just by Him touching you, that makes you holy. In the Old Testament, if they anointed a piece of furniture, the furniture became holy. So if God can make a a desk or, or a chalice, if God can make a piece of furniture holy, I think he can make you holy too. Amen. It's just the touch of God that makes us holy. Ah, hallelujah. Fist bump somebody and say, I'm a saint. We got a few ain'ts too, but most of us, most of us are saints. Amen. Listen, that armor protects your heart. Listen, I'm going to help somebody here right now. It's not about who broke your heart. It's about who has your heart. Y'all get that? I don't know if you got that. It's not about what they said about you. It's not about they disappointed you. It's not about they hurt your feelings. It's not about I'm this or I'm that. It's not about who hurt your heart. It's about who has your heart. Listen, I know we're supposed to love everybody, but we don't love everybody to the point where if they hurt us, we can't go on. Because God has my heart, and I have his heart. So y'all can do whatever you want to do to me. I'm still standing. Come on, get, that'll help somebody. You need to get over some things. You need to move on from some things. Hey, man, I... You know, sometimes there's just certain people you don't even want to talk to. You'll see them in Walmart on aisle five, and you're just hiding on aisle six. I don't want to talk to them. They don't even know you're there. They're not bothered. They don't care. They'll talk to you all day. You're the one having the problem. So quit putting your heart in other people's hands and start putting your heart in God's hands. Forgive them and move on. Go ahead and love them. Amen. I'm just tempted after church to let everyone, just go find somebody you don't like and hug them. Yeah, I've been around long enough not to do that. <laughs> like, you didn't like me. Start another war. Righteousness is really about a relationship with God. It's Him saying, you're in the family now. I love you. You're okay. You've been justified, just as if you never sinned. Amen. And He takes you into the family. Righteousness is about love. It's about intimacy with God. It's not about the clothes you wear, where you go, or I don't go to R-rated movies, or I don't know what your standard is. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to sit here and make a list of things. If you do this, you can go to heaven. That's nonsense. Now, sin will keep you out, but I'm here to tell you, amen, we have an advocate with the Father, amen. Oh, Jesus. I just, oh, I must have opened a can of worms there. They're, They're everywhere. Let's move on to the second one, the belt of truth. The belt of truth. You got this flowing robe, as it were, and then you've got this thing that you wrap around it. Ah, Truth tightens the robe around you. Come on, somebody help me in this place. That It tightens it. Amen. It, it makes you right and tight with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, the belt of truth is agreeing with the truth of God instead of the lies of the devil. 
Paul talked about the wiles of the devil. And whenever you're fooled by that, amen, you've taken your belt off. You need to take that belt on, I believe the truth. And that just girds you up, amen. It draws that robe together, amen. It draws everything. If if you're looking at a Roman soldier, that's probably where they hang the word of God, right on that belt. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's the belt of truth. Then he says, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This is really weird. It's a war, but we win it by peace. What's that about? How do you... Amen. In Romans, it said, the God of peace will bruise Satan's head shortly. God fights by peace. God doesn't get up in the morning and say, man, I need to work out. The devil's really at it today. Uh, We we got our work cut out for us, Michael. Double the guard. I heard someone say the other day, we make a big mistake when we put the devil at the same level as God. Like they're sparring partners. No. God doesn't fight them. He's got other angels that fight him. The devil is equal with angels. He's not equal with God. Now, the God in you, amen, is not equal. I mean, the battle is lopsided, amen. We've got a huge edge in the battle, amen. It's not about you, you know, fighting a battle. It's not about your efforts. It's about you just standing and saying, hey, devil, Jesus is in me. Resist the devil, and he will run from you. You're no match for the devil, amen. You can defeat him anytime, anywhere, any place. Just stand up. Glory to God. Give him a praise, amen. I, I, I was watching one of these Alaska shows the other day, and it says, if you ever meet a, a, a grizzly bear, he said, the thing you ought to do, he said, don't run because they'll catch you. You know, and if you're with someone else, just make sure you run faster than them. You don't have to outrun the bear. Just always travel with someone slow. You'll be fine. But they said what you should do is freeze and make yourself big. Looks like a praise to me. Make yourself big. I was watching a a TED Talk the other day, and it says, uh, before you go into a meeting and everything, he says, what you need to do is get yourself And he says, before you go into a room of people, before you go into a meeting, he said, you should just sit there for about two minutes and just do this. And I thought, well, that looks like a praise. Boy, if we'll just start lifting our hands and praising him, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to feet shod, feet shod. With the preparation of the gospel. Feet always refer to mission and the gospel, but it's a gospel of peace. Listen, I understand spiritual warfare and all that stuff, but listen, I don't I don't get up every morning and try to figure out a war thing. I I I just I just enjoy his when when I'm praising, the devil just seems to lose interest in me. As you're worshiping and praising him, that is your that's how we fight our God help us in this place. How many are still here? The shield of faith. The Roman shield was about four foot high, two and a half feet wide, a square thing. It had a wooden frame with leather stretched over it. Leather. Something had to die to make that shield. And then it was stretched out on a wooden frame. 
Come on, y'all smart enough to know where I'm going with this. Sounds like the cross to me. Come on, a wooden cross stretched over with leather from an animal that died. And then it said what you need to do is, is, is hose it down. Throw water on the leather. Water's the word. And he says, before you go to battle, I always douse it with water. Because the enemy used to, they used to destroy the shields by, uh, by uh, flaming arrows. So they would shoot these arrows and they would go into the shield. Uh, they wouldn't penetrate all the way through, but they would just hit the shield and they would catch fire. So we need to be doused by the word every morning. We need the water of the word. Oh, come on, church. Hallelujah. Wow. Anybody getting this? The shield of faith wasn't one of these round ones where you fight. These were often used in a line, and you would stand behind them, especially when, when the arrows are coming, and you would just stand behind that shield. And you know what? As you're standing there, here, stand up, Joe. As you're standing there, you'd have another guy right next to you in the line. Amen? And then you'd have another guy over here. In the, in the, standing in the line, amen? And, and I've got a shield, and he's got a shield, and he's got a, I picked two good guys, didn't I? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to survive this battle, amen? And if it really gets tough, I just kind of, you know. <laughs> they're, they're together, I'm like, take that, take that. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? We got to fight this battle together, amen? Let's go shield to shield. With the shield of faith, let's be a mighty army moves the church of God. Somebody help me, amen. Woo! The shield, the shield of, of faith, amen. And then, and, and, and listen, we're invincible with that shield. Just fist bump somebody and say, I'm invincible. Why? Because no weapon formed against us will prosper. Give God praise right there, amen. Wow. Oh, i got to hurry on. Then the, the helmet of salvation. And I've always heard it preached that that just protects your thought. No, some of you don't need your thoughts protected. You need your thoughts changed, renewed. Come on. Romans 12, the renewing of the mind. You know, everywhere, everywhere, this is the only place that talks about a helmet on the head. Everywhere else in Scripture, it's a crown on the head a crown who wears crowns kings i don't know if we're a soldier as much as we're kings come on we got to stop living like the beverly hillbillies come remember that show we we we, you know they're rich they have millions in the bank but they still still dress like paupers amen I'm here to tell you, we've got to start living like God called us, living like God named us. Amen. Amen. That song says, you say. We need to understand what he says about us, not what the enemy says, not what your neighbor says, not what your relatives say. Come on, everybody. We just got to get to that place where we know who we are in God. Amen. And we are kings and priests of God. Amen. That crown gives us a whole different identity. And when you're a king, you think differently. The word for repent, metanoia, it means, people always preach it, it means to change direction. And and it does, but literally it means to change the mind. 
You can't, listen, if you change direction without changing your mind, you eventually will go back to it. It's temporary. Because if you don't change your mind, you won't stay in the direction. So it's time to change our minds about things. Amen. I'm not going there, not because someone said I can't go there, but I know it's going to hurt me if I go there. I know God wouldn't be pleased if I do that. So I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change my mind about who I am. I'm going to change my mind about my destiny. I'm going to change my mind. That thing, that what all that junk people put in my head when I was just a kid. I'm changing the way I think. Amen. Put on the helmet of Is this helping anybody? Quickly, he says, then the sword of the Spirit. In another place, it said that the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God. And he said the Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And then it gives a purpose for it. It said that you might be able to discern between soul and spirit. Let me tell you about the main purpose for the Word of God. The main purpose is not just to lay it on the devil. That's a good use. But the main purpose of the Word of God is it'll separate soulish stuff from your spiritual stuff. Listen, when Adam was in the garden, his spirit ruled his soul and it was manifested through, his, through what he did with his body, right? Spirit, soul, body. But now, because of sin, Soul and spirit have swapped positions. And now, now the soul is dictating to the body. The soul is telling your body how to think, how to act. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? The Word of God will speak to you. And all of a sudden, instead of your soul telling you how to live and how to talk and how to move and how to think and what to decide and what to do, all of a sudden your spirit is ordering your soul around. That's getting back to the garden. You get back to the garden, amen. All of a sudden your spirit man is in charge again. Oh, that's better than y'all. That's better than y'all letting on, amen. That's a whole nother sermon, right? Amen. Listen, being a soldier, it's just one metaphor. In another place, it says we're a bride. Amen? For us guys, we're like, eh, don't relate, you know. But we're the bride of Christ. Jesus called us sheep. <laughs> I, I, I've seen preachers dress up in suits of armor and preach this. But I've never seen a preacher get up in a sheep's outfit. <laughs> not very flattering. Sheep do not war. The shepherd wars. Our God is a man of war, but he fights by his peace. He gets up in the storm, amen. He doesn't say batten down the lashes. He doesn't say throw off the cargo. He says, peace, be still, and the wind and waves obey. Ah, church, come on. Why can't we learn to speak peace to our battles? Let me close with this as our team comes in Psalm 23. You all know the 23rd Psalm? If you don't, you've never been to a funeral. Verse 5, I just want to read verse 5. I'll read it in the King James, and then I want to read it in the Passion Translate. You prepare, say prepare. He prepares. He sets the table. He cooks the food. You prepare a table before me in the presence of enemies. In the middle of a war, you anoint my head with oil 
And that oil is what David calls the oil of gladness. And, and you may not understand the custom here, so let me fill you in on it. One of the things they would do when you would visit someone in their home in the Middle East, one of the things they would do is they would pour oil, scented oil on your head. And it was an oil of gladness. You know what they were saying? I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. You're a guest in my home. While you're in my home, you're protected. While you're in my home, you have free access to the refrigerator. While you're in my home, I'll even let you sit in my recliner. What channel would you like to watch? How many know we treat guests different than family? That's another sermon there. Wow. You're a guest in my home. I put you first. There, you, may have, you may have been tormented in your mind. You may have had a horrible day. But you go to visit a friend. And they just drop everything and make you feel at home. How many know what I'm talking about? You wives know what I'm talking about. A lot of you won't even sit down at the table. You don't even eat the food you cook. Because you're so busy making sure everybody's fed. I, I, how, many, how many moms do we have here? You actually take the scoop of potatoes and put it on, a, put it on their plate. Here, have another one. I'm really full. Ah, you're skinny as a ray. I'm going to fatten you up. Look at the Passion Translation. You become my, you become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. This is how I fight my battles. I fight my battle by sitting down at his table. 